shoots. When he shoots, he's lucky he didn't break his face. He shoots and his gun just falls apart. And I'm, I'm dying, of course, laughing. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is episode six of the Hunt the High Country podcast. I'm Brad Carter with AltitudeOutdoors.com. And today we sit down with my co-host, Billy Kennington, and our guest, Justin Finch. And we talk archery hunting, filming your hunts, uh, mule deer behavior, and uh, a lot of other interesting stuff. So stick around, listen to this one. It's a great one. Guys, in the meantime, if you're after some backcountry gear this year, please check us out. We've added a new online store that carries gear that's really dedicated and made for the backcountry hunter. So let's jump into it. Here's Justin Finch. Well, welcome to the Hunt the High Country podcast. We're excited to have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, Justin fin- Finch is a is a killer, and it's good to have you with us, Justin. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. So uh, we've been kind of looking forward to this podcast for a while. Justin's one of those guys that that gets it done no matter with any weapon pretty much in new areas so we're just excited to pick his brain uh first off justin why don't you tell us a little bit about your background kind of um what you've been up to what got you into hunting and we'll go from there yeah for sure so i was born and raised in central utah um right now i'm 26 just working full-time going to school full-time with two crazy kids that keep me busy nonstop. <laughs> Uh, my dad got actually got me into hunting when I was, well, ever since I can remember, one of my first hunt when I was about eight years old, and ever since, man, the fire's just been going. <laughs> so, and here I am today, just still plugging along, trying to just make things happen while keeping the family happy and <laughs> trying to bring home some money <laughs> all at the same time, so. What are you studying, Justin? Uh, finance. I don't know why. <laughs> Somebody said I have to go to school, but you know what? I'll I'll go. Whatever, <laughs> whatever I got to do. That's one thing I've always wondered is you know family life and school and everything else, and then as much time as you spend scouting, how do you do it all? Oh man, just you, I guess it comes down to sacrifice. You just got to sacrifice a ton of sleep. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It it's waking up i mean like anybody does wake up in the morning hike a couple hours get up on top before sunrise but the difference is i can only be up there for about 30 30 45 minutes run down go to go to work then after work go straight to school come home to the kids and you know when i'm home with the family make make that time worth it you know what i mean make it exceptional well, obviously you got it figured out so good job <laughs> <laughs> thanks um <laughs> So let's just talk about, uh, uh, you know, Justin's went six for six with uh, mule deer in how many states? Three different states, right? The last past two years? Yeah, three states. So um, yep. Utah, Idaho, and Colorado, correct? Correct, yep. And that was also with uh, three different weapons, so rifle, muzzleloader, and archery, right? Correct, yeah. I'm, I'm mainly an archery guy. That's what I've been kind of my whole life. Um but yeah, just these last few years, I just wanted to try the muzzleloader hunt out as well as try the rifle hunt out. I'll tell you right now, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm a horrible shot with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's fun. It's fun to get out. Any any excuse to get out in the outdoors, I'll take it, you know. 
Perfect. So why don't you tell us about this year? You kind of had a pretty epic year, about three awesome deer that you killed, and why don't you tell us a little bit about those hunts? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, it, it started out basically in, in May on my scout for my Utah archery deer hunt. Um, I try to, I, I was able to get out about 15 to 20 times in the summer to scout for my, for my archery, um, deer hunt. Um, I was unable, first off, I was unable to draw my first choice. Um, it's just getting, it's getting crazy in Utah. If I, um, as far as the draw goes, just archery is getting more popular in general. I mean, it's a good oh, yeah. thing at the same time. It sucks when you don't draw your tag, the tag you want, but, um, it's good to have more hunters out in the field. Anyway, so I was hunting my second choice unit. Um, so basically my, my expectations weren't too high. Um, I'm the type of guy that I love to try to find a big buck. And usually in the summer, I'll find a pretty good buck. But when it comes down to it, I'll be, I'm not that guy that's going to hold out forever. Um, my, basically my cutoff, is if, it, if I think he'll, he'll go about 160, that's about when I'm like, I want to be dang happy with that buck. Mm -hmm. And so I'll go after him. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my mindset on every hunt, to be honest. If, if a bigger one comes out, I'll take it. You know, I just have so my, my entire family hunts, um, my wife hunts a little bit. And so, you know, if I tag out, it's not like my hunting's over. It's, it's like, all right, time to get my dad, time to get dad a buck now, time to get right. cousin a buck, time to get my wife a buck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, there's just not enough time for me to, <laughs> to be too picky, but <laughs> So with that said, um, uh, op opening weekend, it, it, it was crazy, man. I, I was chasing out a 170 buck the opening weekend. Um, he just, I, I, I pushed, pushed my limits a little too far. I, I, I should have waited for him to bed down, but anyways, I spooked the buck I was going after opening morning. Then the next day, well, I was actually going to stay up there, but, um, I don't know if you guys are into fighting or not, but I actually ran down the mountain. I don't show this in the video, but I, I ran down the mountain to watch Conor McGregor. <laughs> fight fight Nate Diaz I had right to see on. that so so I watched that fight and then woke up at about 2 a.m that next morning hike, hiked up a different mountain that I had been on five or six times in the summer and knew where some good bucks were so got up there and watched some bed down in, the, in these cliffs and I mean if you've if you've seen the video that kind of tells the story a lot better but I uh, took off my sock my shoes got in my socks I put my wool socks on and um, got above him. Then this was about at eight in the morning and um, I got about a hundred yards above him. What the video really doesn't show very well is um, when I got a hundred yards, the wind swirled. So I actually sat down and laid on my back and sat there for about an hour um, until, you know, those mid morning um, thermals kicked in. And the second I felt that wind hit my face, it was back up on my feet. And a couple hours later, I was in position at 42 yards all I could see that whole time sitting there at 42 yards was just like hit just his head. And finally, after another hour of sitting at 42 yards, he got up, he changed beds and there was just a little opening and I was messing around with my GoPro behind me, just trying to get it on video. And as I'm moving, I look back and this, the stinking bucks looking right back at me. And so at that point, that's, that's why I shot him bedded down. I mean, I've been, there's just two years. Well, I was actually last this, Two years ago, um, I had a buck at 70, well, 65 yards. Had him at, well, I could have shot him bedded down 65 yards for about two hours, and I decided not to. And to this day, it still haunts me. I'm like, why did I, I should just shot him bedded down. I mean, 
So at this point, when he was looking back at me, I was like, okay, I've learned my lesson before. Um, that's arrows flying. And um, we pr I, I practice with my friends a ton in the summer. We have a little archery range that we made up, up the canyon. I felt confident with the shot, and it was crazy, though. I mean, I hit him, um, I think, just two inches forward because that arrow did not go in very far. And it, you guys know that's the worst feeling when you, when you know your buck's not down. It, it, it's just heartbreaking and so I actually let him let him bed down and then I called my buddy my brother-in-law Dallas and he made the three-hour trek up there and when he got up there I had him sit on point so that way if I bumped and he could watch him and see where he goes but I was able to I was able to get within 20 yards and here's another thing the video don't show I actually shot him on the run right through the neck <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could say I meant to do that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was one of those things. I he got got up at twenty or he had been sitting there for you know four hours or so, and he still had enough energy to get up and he bolted at t about twenty five yards. He was running. I just I just I shot I shot him on the run at twenty five and put it through his neck, and that's what ended it. So mm -hmm. I just knew I had to get another arrow in him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once you've got one, yeah. In, so that's how keep I, shooting until yeah. they're on the ground, you know. <laughs> for sure for sure so yeah that so then after utah um that very next weekend i headed out to colorado um by myself to scout so caught the muzzleloader hunt in colorado starts mid-september so i went out the that week after killing my buck and um it, well funny story <laughs> i hope you guys got time because these stories oh, yeah. are kind of long no you're good <laughs> we like the stories buddy all right, so <laughs> my wife cracks me up because she thinks I'm an idiot. But so I dri <laughs> I drive out to Colorado, <laughs> left Friday after work. I get out there, and it's about an eight mile pack in to where I want to be. I get there and I'm like, "Where is my, where's my spot scope? Like, where's my backpack? My backpack sitting on my bed, oh, eight hours away." At home. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, not only I got there, the only thing I had was, you know, some the clothes, the camel that I had brought there, my binoculars, and a camera. Everything else was at home. <laughs> Still home in Utah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just did some day hikes in, um, tried to get pictures, you know, through my phone scope on, through my binoculars, holding holding it up to the binoculars. It didn't, it, it, it was a mess, but um, I was able to find some, a couple of good bucks um came home that monday um and then a few weeks later went back out and this year uh, my dad and my uncle matt um was were was joining me and my cousin skyler um this year on the hunt because the previous year it was just just me and my cousin skyler that, that went out there so anyways us four we hiked hiked back into a different area that, that we hunted previously and there were hunters everywhere it was it was just tough um just i from everyone I talked to that hunted Colorado, it was just a hard year. Um, the early mm -hmm. snow, I don't know if it pushed them in the timber um, earlier than usual, but we just couldn't find the bucks. Um, we passed on a buck opening morning, about a 150 buck. And then my uncle Matt that evening decided to take it and he shot, so he shot it. And then we we actually packed out all four of us with the deer and then decided to drive up to where we hunted the previous year uh, for the next couple of days. And it, it was just, the rest of the trip was just lightning storm raining it, it was Man. 
just not ideal conditions, especially when you're above timberline. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I I don't want to throw my my dad and my uncle Matt under the bus, but they were they were being scaredy cats with that lightning. They <laughs> they were laying each night laying in bed, and my dad would be like, "Are you sure you are you sure you want to lay lay here at, again at, at night? I think we got to go. I think we got to go." So, uh, <laughs> so we actually only stayed there for a couple of days, but in those two days that we were at, in that spot, um, um, we looked about two miles away where, um, we had seen bucks the previous, the previous year and we spotted two bucks and we couldn't tell how big they were. Me and my cousin spotted them and we could tell they were shooters though. So, um, my, my uncle and my dad stayed behind and hunted closer to camp. And me and my cousin took half a day, half a day. We got over there and sure enough, they were bedded right where we had left them. And at the time, um, I, I was putting my buck at 175, 180 mark and the other, and, um, the buck my cousin was going to shoot at about 160. That's about, that's what, how big we thought they were, but either way, it didn't matter if we we're going to shoot them. So we're sneaking up over this ridge and this is where things get a little crazy <laughs> and you can't make this stuff up. Because the previous year, my my cousin had dry fired about ten times in this exact location. <laughs> yeah, I remember and watching so we're, that. Video. We knew the bucks about a. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty so, fun. Yeah, it of, was crazy. Those of you that listen, that's that's pretty epic, pretty epic film that you have of him dry firing. I I, I absolutely love when he finally gets it done up on that cliff, just going crazy. So, for those of you that are out oh, there, yeah, man. hit justin's youtube channel up because it's 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 worth the watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you want a good laugh that's definitely check it out and uh so this and this hunt i'll be re- I'll, I'll have a video of this hunt. it'll come out in a week or so but uh anyways so that in the same location he had all those mishaps last year or just about sneak over the ridge the buck we know the bucks are going to be within 100 yards and i'm i got the camera out i'm filming i'm I'm like, okay, here we are. So my cousin Skyder pulls out his muzzleloader out of out of his backpack, and I kid you not, the entire muzzleloader just breaks in half, <laughs> <laughs> just completely. I I don't I don't know the brand of muzzleloader he has, but like right at the right below the trigger, there's a screw that that had just loosened inside, and so the barrel had come off with like completely, and so of course we're I'm just laughing. He's crying. I'm laughing. <laughs> and uh i'm surprised we didn't spook the bucks but uh so he decided he'll he'll try to hold his gun together <laughs> in case we can pull a double off so we sneak over the ridge and sure enough i see the i see the buck destiny we call and he's bedded down 99 yards and i'm thinking oh this is a chip shot 99 yards but if you've hunted colorado before it, it you, you know you can't use sabots you got to use old school iron sights um, you can't even use pellet pow it's it's all you know mm-hmm. loose powder so that 99 yards is, I, i'm just making up excuses to what i'm basically <laughs> doing <laughs> so i i shoot and man i i shot low i just saw dirt hit below him he gets up runs off the other buck stands up doesn't know what's going on so my as i'm reloading my cousin gets down on some shooting sticks holding his gun together shoots when he shoots he's lucky he didn't break his face That's he shoots and his gun just <laughs> falls apart and I'm, I'm dying of course laughing <laughs> uh, <laughs> laughing and crying and 
uh, luckily at the time, I didn't know just how, how good the buck was. <laughs> if I would have known I would miss a 200 inch deer at that point, it probably wouldn't have came home. <laughs> so he, the bucks were gone and we made the two or three mile trip back to camp. And, um, the next day, uh, we had decided as a group that we were going to head home because the lightning and, but I decided I want to go back there in case the bucks were there. So <laughs> by myself, I woke up early, headed back, and uh, I get in right where we missed them the day before, right at first light. And I go to – my muzzleloader um, was still loaded from the day before when I had reloaded it. And I go to reach in my possible's bag, and my possible's bag is at camp. <laughs> So here I am. I, I do I do have some primers in my backpack. So I have one, you know, I have a load in the muzzleloader with, with a primer. So I have one yeah. shot. Yeah. So I come I come up over the ridge and now there's not just those two bucks, but there's eight bucks standing there at about about hundred between 125 and 150, 125 to the closest. And with one shot, I just didn't dare even shoot 125 yards. So if I would have had more, I probably would have felt more confident, but just the fact I missed at a hundred the day before <laughs> I know how to make it count. So I, I w wait for him to go into the pine trees, kind of bed down. I didn't see him bed down, but I watched him go there and I literally went, it was a three hour ordeal, just went a mile, circled a mile around him. So I dropped down and just slowly crept through the pine trees. And sure enough, man, um, <laughs> this is why I say it's, it, it takes a little bit of luck. I, I, I had no, I knew they're in the pine tree somewhere, but I'm walking through and next thing I know, I caught a glimpse of destiny again in, and the buck that my cousin Skyler had missed standing there and they stand up just over a hundred yards. I have my one shot. I get down on my shooting sticks. I lay one off and smoke clears and the bucks are just standing there. <laughs> they didn't even flinch. They didn't move. So here I am with here I am with two, two shooter bucks within range, you know, 120 so yards and I don't have a bullet. So at that point I grabbed my camera. I'm, I'm almost crying and I'm just, these bucks literally like looked at me and it's almost like they, they knew they like, yeah, oh, this guy, <laughs> who is this guy? And they just thought they just slowly walked off. And at that point I thought for sure, you know, my Colorado hunts over. Um, I, I gave it heck. So I hiked back to camp. We packed up camp headed home um, but when i got home man it just it just eats at you i don't know if you guys ex i'm sure you've experienced that when you go home empty-handed and you, especially when the hunt's still going oh, yeah. you're like i have to get back out there so we actually came home and we're home for about 20 hours or so and i i was gonna go i told my cousin scott my my dad and my uncle matt they said they weren't gonna go back out so i told my cousin sky like i'm going with or without you I'm going to go freaking kill that buck. And so sure enough, he hopped on board. We drove back out there, got there the night before, uh, about an hour before dark, hiked in a ways and um, uh, was able to actually find two other different, two different bucks closer, closer to the vehicle. Cause we only had about an hour to hunt. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm embarrassed just telling this. I realized how bad of a shot I really <laughs> as I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so we, we we spot these two bucks and like i said um if i see a buck and i and i know i'm gonna be half with i'm gonna take it so <laughs> i get to it in about 125 yards of this buck 
I mean, I don't even have to tell you, I missed him too. <laughs> so <laughs> my cousin missed his buck. And so we get, we get back to, to the truck and we decided we're not going to backpack in because it's so late. We're just going to wake up real early and hike in the eight, the eight or so miles to the, to our destiny, destiny lived. So that next morning we hike in and sure enough, I mean, they were, we watched them bed down in the exact, exact same spot as five days pre um, earlier hmm. it's like i'd never seen especially mature bucks like that it's almost like usually you get one opportunity and they're gone and so um it was just i felt like okay this is the hunting gods are on our side i was like skit the hunting gods are with us we're killing these deer man so we uh we did the same game plan we knew it worked before we got within 100 yards so we did the same thing and as we were coming down we dropped over the ridge coming down and this is where I went, I had turned off my camera because um, I wasn't expecting what was what happened next. Um, so my camera was turned off in my pocket or whatever. And as we're about to crest this little cliff to get our 100-yard shot, all of a sudden 30 yards in front of us coming up through the cliffs, I see velvet, velvet antlers walking towards us at 30 yards. So me and my cousin, we stopped, and it was my cousin's buck. Um it, it was it, it had spotted us and all we could see was its head at 30 yards and we had a standoff the stare off for about five well it felt like five minutes it was probably about 30 seconds but yeah and i knew that best the other the other buck destiny would was right behind him so what felt like five minutes um went by and um the buck bolted down this little draw and um i saw destiny right behind him so the t just those two bucks together same two bucks as five days earlier they they ran across this little this little draw um and we knew it, it was in the range we ranged it after and it was 75 yards and so i just you know i dropped everything in my hands but my muzzleloader aimed my cousin my cousin was aiming um the velvet buck stopped second it stopped my cousin shot and just dropped it in his tracks and right when it dropped destiny the other buck stopped and kind of looked at the velvet buck like oh what's going on why am i running and i was holding on him so good <laughs> and I, sh I i pulled the trigger and like i said you can't make this up i pulled the trigger and all i hear is oh, dry fire oh man and i was like are you freaking <laughs> are you freaking kidding me right now so i put i'm holding the gun in my left hand I put the gun in the air and the buck's still standing there. So I dry fire, put the gun in the air. I reach down my, in my right hand to grab, you know, some more bullets or sorry, another primer. And as I'm holding my left hand, I had never seen a misfire this, this delayed. It was about three or four seconds later in the time it took me to grab another primer. Luckily my gun was pointing up, but my gun just boom shot straight into the air. Oh geez. And so I'm lucky I'm lucky I didn't get hurt or I wasn't aiming it towards my cousin. So I shoot my gun straight in the air and at this and my heart drop. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like this is really happening right now. So the whole, the buck is still standing there. I load another one in and at this point I'm just flustered. I don't have dead rest or anything. I'm 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 just standing up, but he's 75 yards. So I load one and I kid you not, man, I shoot and I shoot. Same thing. Just as five days you're right underneath and dust flies he jumps <laughs> i know right so he jumps and runs oh 15 more yards and then and i think my i can't remember my cousin skyler he made you know a little noise 
and the buck stopped and is now looking down at his buck that's rolling down the mountain. And it was just enough of a distraction that I, I was able to load another another bullet in, another load in my muzzle loader. This time I knew it was this last shot and it was it was over, otherwise he was gone. So I actually got my shooting sticks. I had time to get my freaking shooting sticks, get down, and finally, man, I just followed through with my shot for once and dropped him in his tracks and he rolled and they end up dying just 15 yards apart. <laughs> Anyways, that was a long story, but it was oh, it was crazy. <laughs> That is a crazy story. <laughs> that's a good name for that buck, Destiny, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. That that's what I'm saying. It was just meant to be. It was it was pretty crazy. Like I said, I'll I'll be the first to tell you. I I I get buck fever so bad, man. I just <laughs> I can't control it. That's good. But that's I mean, why I, I mean, love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's that's the I, joys and, of muzzleloader hunting. I remember the first buck that I shot in Utah. I I hit him a little back and I uh, went down and was trailing him, you know, and he got into some little jack pines and, uh-huh. I, and he, so I'm all ready and loaded again. And I've got like this new muzzle loader. Cause I, you know, I never really hunted him before and he blows out like literally like five yeah. feet away from me and I pull up on him and I was so excited when I shot, <laughs> I, I didn't even know if my gun went off, you know, I thought I dry fired cause it sounded really weird. <laughs> And I didn't have any of my possibles yeah. with me or anything because I'd left them with my pack. And so I went and grabbed my buddy's muzzle right. loader and went and found him and finished him off. But it's a, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a challenging <laughs> thing. And they, they have a mind of their own, it seems like. Even these new inlines sometimes can act a little funny. I think there's an important lesson that we can learn from your story, though. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I've always heard that persistence kills big bucks. I mean, how many guys, you were only home for 20 hours. I mean, how many guys would get back in the truck and drive yeah. how many hours you went just for another shot? And that wouldn't have happened. I mean, that would not have happened if you hadn't right. have done that. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, how many times you missed, yet you still were after it. So I think it's a very important lesson that, right. you know, even though luck has a lot to do with it, you know, I mean, persistence killed that buck. So... Yeah, it's it's funny, it's funny you say that because my wife will kill me if she hears this. But uh, <laughs> as I was leaving, because you could imagine, my wife wasn't my wife wasn't too happy that you know I just got home. She thought I was me home early, um, but she wasn't too happy about me going back out twenty hours later. So uh, as she's leaving, because she knows if if I kill a deer, she knows that that's just going to fuel my fire even more and kind of prove her wrong that you know, well, if I spend more time, it might make it happen. So as she's leaving, she yells out the, her car window, I hope you don't kill anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was in my mind for the, the long drive over there. My wife just saying, I hope you don't kill anything. And so when I called her and told her the good news, she was half excited for me and half like, oh, great. That just means next time he's going to do the same thing. <laughs> No, but definitely the persistence. Um, I think that's it. Really comes down to just not giving up and just not accepting fa- failure. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I guess if you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. And I guess that's what happened there. <laughs> so, and I'll, I'll take luck anytime I can get it. Such a dream buck, though. So, what did he end up going like? What two o three or something like that? Yeah, 203, and then I, I, I didn't believe it myself, and so I scored again at 202, and then, yeah, so 202, so. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, that buck's got everything. It's I'll such, take it. Such a pretty buck. His G2s are absolutely insane, too. It's awesome. Hmm. Oh, that, that that's what's crazy is, like I said, I put him at 175, 180. When I, when I, even as I'm walking up to him, I'm thinking, you know, he's a solid buck. If he was one, if he was 160, I would have shot him. Mm-hmm. Um, I walk up there and it's just once, once you realize how long those G2s are, it puts in perspective, you know, the G, everything else. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, the, the, G, the G3s that I was thinking were, oh, eight, you know, turned out to be 13. The G4s <laughs> right. turned out to be 12 rather than eight. You know what I mean? So everything just kind of oh, yeah. exponentially grew as, I, as, it, as it came down to it. But it, it was a dream hunt. It couldn't have gone – the only thing that could have gone better is if my dad would have, would have uh, connected. But uh, we're going to head back out there this, this coming season and the same – us four again and try to get all four of us a deer. So. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah, then after that, um, October 10th is the is is the Idaho rifle opener. I think it was a Monday this year. So we went out there, and at this point, I I don't I was running kind of low on PTO, so I actually could only be out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, no, that's what, and I also had a test on Thursday that I had B2 at school. So we went out there Monday, and it was crazy. It was just packed with people. I had I had scouted I. I'd went out there during the archery hunt with my brother-in-law, um, found a buck, um, that I had hunted last year. And he was saying, he was just like, not quite as big as destiny, but he, he was a good buck. <clears throat> he was super tall. He probably had 18, 19 inch G2s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to go after him and <clears throat> come the rifle hunt. It was just super crowded with guys. Um, we were able to, th- there was, I can't, seven of us on the hunt and we were able to connect on a couple of good four points. And then, um, the, the second day of the hunt, I was just sick of seeing the guys. So, um, I had uploaded Google earth to my computer before leaving my house and I just wanted to get as far away from guys as I could. So I just picked, you know, found a place as far away as possible. Um, started me and my my buddy trevor started hiking at about two in the morning into just you know bushwhacking it not knowing if there's a trail or anything i just knew and i you guys are probably the same way you know if if you go high and far and glass you're gonna find a buck it's just a matter of a matter of time and and you know and finding them they're gonna be there so um the hike took us a lot longer than expected we started hiking at two but just because we were bushwhacking it we didn't get up there till light um and uh, we split up and i i looked and then another two or three miles on a whole different map basically a whole different mountain and spotted three bucks one of them being the one i ended up taking so i radioed my buddy trevor to get over there he went there got on the spotter and i spent the next couple hours making my way over there and here goes my shooting again and here's another shooting story of justin (laughs) So yeah, I, I get in position. He's bedded down in the pines. Um, I, and I don't know what is what it what it was, but it, so it was pretty cold. But my rangefinder, this the battery was old, <clears throat> or I, I don't know if this is how all the vortex rangefinders are. Um, but I couldn't range anything past about 150 yards um, because my I guess my battery. Because if I range 150 yards, it would range it anything past it. It would my battery would blink saying and it would go dead. So that, that was frustrating. So I figured he was about 300 yards. Uh, so I just used my main crosshair, got my phone scope on him. I shot, 
and I thought I had shot um, that first shot. I, I oh sorry, the first shot I I, I had thought I shot um, low or excuse me, yeah, I thought I had shot low. So I aimed a little bit higher the next shot and then completely missed. He gets up, runs, and this is where my cousin always gives me a hard time. He says, you're lucky as sucker. Because <laughs> so the buck ran up into the into, into the thick pines, and I didn't know if this was going to work or not, but it did. So I actually aimed into the pine. I don't know if this is ethical or what, but I, I actually aimed into it. Aimed into a meadow about 50 yards up above him because I knew if he kept going up, I was never going to see him again. So I aimed to where he was going to go, and I just aimed at a rock, and I shot, drilled the rock just, you know, in the middle of the meadow in the pine trees on top of this mountain, just hoping that maybe the deer would turn around so and go back down out of those pines. And I kid you not, man, I shot in that meadow, and 30 seconds later, here comes this buck sneaking back to where he, he was bedded earlier. So I was like, holy, it actually worked. So uh, that, that he snuck, he was sneaking back, and now he bedded down about 100 yards further or so. And so at this point, because of the two earlier misses, I figured, okay, he's he's at probably 450 right now. So I knew this is going to be my last chance. So I actually took – my dad had taught me this trick when he was teaching me how to shoot a gun um, years ago. Um, you know, he would he would trick me and take a bullet out of my gun. And I would shoot, and he would just laugh at how bad I'd flinch, you know. So I, I actually took took all my bullets out of my gun, just aimed at him, and just clicked dry fire. And I kid you not, my my first dry, I knew I didn't have a bullet in my gun, and I still just ugh, just completely flinched, just with buck fever and just I, I don't know why what it is with guns, man. You put a bow on my hand, and I feel one hundred percent confident. But with a gun, I I mean we practice in the summer. I just I just don't. <laughs> I'm not there with a the gun. I'll be honest. So uh, I, I do enough. I cock it again. No bullet in there. Click a little bit better. And anyways, after four four times of dry firing, um, I was finally able just to hold on the deer the whole time. And so then I put an, put a real live shell in there and fired away. And finally, that, that's what did him down. And he, I hit him good. He stood up, came wobbling down, and put another one in him. And that was that, man. It was. It was a year of horrible shooting, um, a little bit of luck, and a, a lot of persistence is what it came down to. But, uh, and man, that buck took it. We, I shot him. I, I don't know, maybe at four, maybe not quite that late, two or three, maybe two or three in the afternoon. We got back at about three in the morning, back to camp. It was a, it was definitely probably one of the worst packouts I've ever had, but definitely worth. It. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. And I, I told my, I told my buddy that was with me, my buddy, Trevor, um, I'm not leaving this mountain. You know, I'd only be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not leaving without a deer. Like it's, we're killing something. So, um, and that, that's, I, I try to keep that mindset, um, throughout the year and in preparation for the hunts, you know, just getting your body in shape enough. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I work, I don't work out a ton, but as far as like hiking, getting in shape, if you can get to that point where d you never once look at a deer and think, Oh man, how am I going to pack that out? Or it, I feel like the second you second guess it, mm -hmm. your, your confidence is already gone. And it's, it just makes things harder. You know, if you can see something like, all right, let's go do it. You know, we, 
there are no questions asked. You just go and, and you make it happen. So confidence is everything, as you know, I think in the second you second guess yourself, you're already setting yourself up to, to fail. But congrats on your season. That's uh, I mean, all three of those bucks are beautiful bucks. And uh, the first video's out. Second one, you say you'll drop in a week, and then third will probably follow after that, right? A week, a week or so. Here's the thing. Everybody, <laughs> I get a bunch of messages saying, <laughs> when's the next video dropping? Well, I've, it's completely my fault, 100% my fault. I, I mean, I just, I get home from work, I go to school, and then I come home, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the video done. And then... I mean, like tonight, I mean, we're supposed to start at eight eight o'clock and here it was eight 15 and I'm putting the kids to bed, you know, just, just, you know how it is. Just the kids. Yeah. So event, I say next week, but I'll just say eventually. (laughs) It's called life. Eventually. Yeah. It happens. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Yeah. There I got, I got those two, the part two and part three, part two will be the Colorado hunt. Um, it'll be another i it'll be different than the first one that's the first one i was able to get a lot of footage through summer scouting um you know i have all summer to get some epic shots um i got the kill shot and all that the second the colorado one i used that hunt almost as a comedy (laughs) as you can tell Um, so it'll be different than the first one for sure if you if you like the last colorado one then you'll you'll definitely like this Mm -hmm. one so, and then your YouTube channel is, is it Finch Outdoors, right? Um, honestly, yeah, I think it's actually Justin Finch Hunting or Finch Outdoors, one of the okay. two. If you just type in either of them, it'll, it'll pull up. Right. Okay, guys, so if you want to subscribe to him and follow his videos, he's got a bunch from last year and a few from before that. So find him on YouTube. I'm sure if you, fit, if you just look yeah. up Justin Finch Hunting or whatever, he'll pop right up, so. I really enjoyed this last video that you just dropped. Oh, thanks, man. I pr- appreciate so it. So with that, uh, what if guys out there that are starting into to filming hunts, what tips or techniques would you uh, that you've learned that you'd like to pass on to make it the learning curve a little bit easier? Honestly, just keep it simple, really. Um, you can complicate it as much as you want. Get the nicest camera, nice this. I'll tell you my setup. Um I use a Canon T2i Rebel T2i, which is I don't know six years old or so. I try to use that for most everything, just because it has the you know the best quality you could say. And then I have a Sony Handycam that I that's what I use when I'm stalking, and I also have a GoPro in my pocket. But with that being said, even that I feel like it's it just if you can keep it simple, it'll be easier to kill kill and video. <laughs> there's I guess there's no simple way of of self filming. Um, I know I know you guys film your film your hunts and i actually liked that your uh that wyoming video was pretty awesome i loved it and all your altitude the invasions in right. idaho that, that was sweet yeah, those are fun. So i know you guys have some great some great input on on videoing for sure um but yeah i just think keeping it simple and in my mindset i'm i'm a hunter first and then i film i mean i don't i'm not doing it for money i'm not doing it for sponsors i i'm doing it really for for me and now other people say, you know, they, they watch the video and they'll message me saying, oh man, it motivated me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing it too for, for others to, if, if it's motivating somebody, heck yeah, I'll try to make better videos for sure. But in the end, like I said, in Colorado, I mean, I'm not going to not, I'm not going to shoot a 200 inch buck just so I can have a video. Like 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I'm gonna shoot that deer, and if I get it on video, great. If not, I don't care. Right. <laughs> to be honest, but I will tell you this: um, if you watch my videos, it I I keep it real. Um, I won't edit out the misses. I, as you could tell from the the last Colorado video, if there's if there's a little bit of swearing, it'll be on there. It'll be bleep, <laughs> but uh, it'll be on there. <laughs> Got to make it family friendly, right? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> no that's that's awesome i think like i would say the biggest thing is just start filming like if somebody's wanting to get into it like it use i mean everyone's got a cell phone that's got a hd camera on it like use it just start doing it right so i think so many people get hung up on what, oh, yeah, what camera sure. do you use or what uh you know that they need two or three cameras or something like that you know just start doing it and if you enjoy it and you learn to edit and then save your money and go from there, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. That's the best advice I've, I've heard. I mean, like, like you said, just, just go and do it and it'll happen. You know what I mean? You're not going to, it's not going to be perfect overnight. It's, you just got to do it. Like you said, mm-hmm. and honestly, like you said, with your phone, um, on the, on this year's video, some of those, some of that footage was with my phone. Right. Um, you know, I was in places where I, you just, I get too lazy. I get too tired. I don't want to, pull out well all summer I actually packed around this stupid slider i don't know if it, it's this metal rail that i would pack around like this 10 pound metal rail like who, i don't know why I, I did, I my did it for one season too about four years ago <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was real fun let me tell you <laughs> but uh <laughs> you got some cool shots for your intro with it though yeah for sure it, it paid off but um in fact actually once the hunt came i took it out of my pack so once the actual hunt came, it was my pack was about ten pounds lighter, so that was nice. It's mm-hmm. good car, good workout for the summer. But um, sometimes, I, you know, you get too lazy to pull out a camera, and so I'd literally just get out my phone and, like I said, just just video, just do it, and mm-hmm. and put and it, it'll it'll come, you know. Yeah, I think people get I get asked all the time, what kind of camera are you using, and I'm like I tell them, but I want to just say it doesn't matter, you know, like. The sensors in all these cameras are so good. They're all 1080p, ABC, HD. You know, they're they're so good. I mean, you pay a yep. lot of money for the lens, but just get something that works for you. And I like those bridge-style point-and-shoots that are kind of oversized because they have big zooms, like that new uh, Nikon P900, yeah. which has got an 83x optical. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, that that's something that you can have one camera, 500 bucks, and it'll do everything for you. Totally, for sure. I totally agree. So, Justin, you do probably just as much, if not more, scouting than a lot of guys. Um, talk to us about your scouting process, especially, you know, that new unit that you went into this year. Uh, tell us a little bit about your preparation before you put boots on the ground, and then once you put boots on the ground, just kind of the whole, kind of what you did. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, it, it all start, starts online. Um, as far as, you know, the out-of-state especially, um, I usually only have time <clears throat> to actually physically scout, um, as far as like Colorado goes, um, about one weekend, um, just cause I try to focus, like I said, I'm an archery guy. So I take my Utah archery hunt the most serious and then everything else kind of comes after that. So with one weekend to be out there, um, without even stepping foot on that, on the unit, I, I almost feel like I could, where I'm going, I could hike there almost with my eyes closed. Cause I've, I've been looking on where it starts is Google earth. And, but even let me back up before that. Um, I mean, there's, there's multiple di- different 
companies you can go with, whether it's, I personally use Hunter's Trailhead, you might use Go Hunt, um, Hunt Full, whatever it may be, but I use Hunter's Trailhead. You know, I, I, I look at the units that I can, I can draw with zero points. I, there is some some states I'm building some points just because I don't have enough time to hunt every state every year. So um, I I look at the, the units I can hunt with zero points um, just because I want to hunt every year. And once I find those units, you know, it'll, it'll pull up, let's say, 10 units that you can draw with zero points that are, you know, guaranteed tags. So I'll then I'll pull up Google Earth. I'll be looking at a map saying, okay, that's, that's this unit. From those units, I pick the, the terrain that, um, that fits me the best hearing advice saying, Oh, I've heard this unit, whatever. I'm just purely going off. I'm looking at mountain peaks thinking, okay, yeah, you know, the, there's some, there's some pines in that North face of that bull, right? I'm sure I'm, I guarantee you there's deer that are bending those pines and coming out in that, you know, in that basin in the mornings. And so once I added the units, I can draw zero points. I pick, pick it on Google earth. And then from there, I just scour it on google earth every little basin everything and i kind of just look it's go as far away from a road as i can my dad hates that by the way he's always like why the heck are you looking so far away son <laughs> when i was a kid the deer used to be right here in the pine trees he'd say <laughs> but um, that's just kind of i how that's my style everybody has their own style some people hunt hunt lower i like to go as far in um less pressure um, the chances of scouting buck in the summer and him still being there is a lot greater being back in there. In fact, it's, it's, it was pretty, pretty lucky, but, um, two years ago in Colorado, I, I found this, I found the unit. Um, I was looking on Google earth and I, I usually do an A, B, C, and D. I have four different areas in case the first area doesn't work out. I go to second, third, fourth. And I, I kid you not, I put plant A right in this little basin and I end up killing my deer. And this is before I ever stepped you foot on it and this is complete luck but i put plan a and i ended up killing my deer about 20 yards from where i put plan a on google earth <laughs> right on. um i just I, you know what i mean you, you know what deer habitat looks like you, you get used to looking at it you know like i said you go high and and far and deep you, you'll find bucks it's just a matter of uh, putting the time in and 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 finding them they're there it's just it, you gotta, <laughs> i guess you just gotta find them mm -hmm. so um i guess that's kind of the process you know figure out the unit Look on Google Earth for the type of terrain that you that you hunt. Um, I guess my mindset is there's go with what you're confident with. Um, I th I think the reason why people are most successful um, in people are most successful in the units that are closest to their house. I feel like mm -hmm. the unit that you can the best unit in the world is the unit you can scout the most. Mm -hmm. The unit you, you can learn. So whether you're you like to hunt the mid country, high country, and when I'm looking on Google Google Earth, I that's that's what I focus on. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I just know that if I put my time in, I'll find a deer. It, I don't know if it's gonna be big, but there'll be a deer there. Yeah, that's good advice. I, I think a lot of people try to you know like like here in Wyoming, our closest units, they're they're mid middle September rifle hunts, you know, and then you contrast that with like a third season no, November rut hunt in Colorado. I mean, just the whole ball game's different. And so you have to use different tactics. Oh yeah, just different, different everything. And and so I mean, do what you're used to. And I think a lot of guys that are really consistent, that's what they do. They just look for areas, you know, or or country that's familiar to them and fits their hunting lifestyle. Or you know what they're 
the best at, like you said. Right. Focus on your strengths, I guess. For sure. So when you're scouting, I know you use a lot of uh, trail cameras. Give us some advice for guys out there that uh, for trail cams, especially for these high country mule deer. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know for me personally, the bucks I hunt are they're they're actually they're usually in the open, you know, up above above the tree line, um, in those kind of open basins. So when I use a trail camera, I I don't need to put it. I know the deer's there, but I try to I try to find the where the deer is going to go when he gets pressure. Um, so I'll usually put the trail cameras. Um, down lower in the basin in the pines to try to try to figure out you know where he's bedding exactly or you know a certain path that he's he's going he's heading to once he once he feels feels a little pressure and so that's kind of how I utilize trail cameras Um, I know some guys put them out there Uh, even though they know the deer's there they'll put them out just to get kind of uh, just to get pictures Mm -hmm. Um, to me that I personally don't do that. It doesn't really make sense to me. Why get up close and risk, you know, pushing them? You know, those big mature bucks, I like to keep a distance all summer long. You don't want them to even know your presence. You don't want them to know you're there. So I try to stay away as, as much as possible and, and use the trail cameras a lot lower than they are. Just so I know, especially um, here in Utah, the hunt goes for quite a while. And so once they even start rubbing their belt a little bit, I want to know you know, where they go once they get hard horned or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I, I utilize the, the trail cameras. <laughs> so you have any tips when they do go hard horn? Oh man, patience. <laughs> my goal, it, you know, when they go hard horned, I try to kill them before they do. That's my best tip. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it comes down to just your pre-season scouting. And if you, if you can get them on the trail camera to know where, where they like to hang out down lower that that's always prime but if not you know they're they're kind of a creature of habit they they'll go back to their feeding area but it seems to me once they lose their velvet you guys probably noticed this it's almost like when they have their velvet their horns are so sensitive they don't like Mm -hmm. to go in the thick brush they don't like to go in thick trees but so the second they lose that um that velvet they're in the general area they'll be in the same basin that i've i've found for the most part they're just going to be a little bit lower so you know when you're when you're glassing early glass the pines and it's crazy how how well a deer can hide you know but they're there yeah um you guys would know and you guys are mule deer slayers you know you guys know the, how they get when they go hard horn i'd actually love to hear some of your input actually <laughs> just because we can't kill them when they're velvet <laughs> <laughs> hey whatever man i, I, I i've seen your bucks <laughs> they're all hard <laughs> <laughs> exactly (laughs) yeah see our archery hunt up here and i'll go back to that just because that's you know where we hunt them the most is here locally just like you do utah Uh we're hunting them here and our archery hunt doesn't open until the first of september which as you know i mean a lot of times right around the first they're going hard horned right some some years and, and some bucks will hold it a little bit later but i found usually between the first and the fourth usually they're starting to lose their velvet. Right. And really, you know, even versus like, you know, a week or a week and a half before, even when that velvet gets hard and they're starting to dry up, that, yeah, they they just start going in the trees. It makes it a lot more difficult to find them. Right. I mean, I we don't have the luxury a lot of times to 
bed a deer and, and put a stock on him because he'll go into the timber and you just lose him completely. Yeah, for sure. A lot of what we kind of do once they go hard horned is, is uh, ambush. You know, I mean, it's spot and stock, but you're setting up to where you know they're bedding in a patch of trees. You don't know where in those trees they are and you know where they're feeding at least at every couple of days. And so you're just setting up there and waiting for them to come out. But you got to be there at prime time and just put in the time and wait for them to do it. And with the ambush, a lot of times, you know, sometimes we're, I mean, we'll spend, the more that we do it, the more that we realize that, you know, the longer, the longer that you're out there, the more opportunities you should have. So even, you know, even a three-day hunt, sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes that buck only shows himself every once in five days. And, you know, I'm sure we miss him because you can't see everything, but just spending the time behind the glass, but also in prime time. Yeah. And kind of preseason scouting so you know pretty much where to watch. And then, like Brad says, ambush is a lot of times the best tactic that we found. And then learning your areas, I think, is important. You know, I think a lot of guys get hung up on on unaware. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we shot it in this basin. That means I should hunt that basin, right? Which, if if you've harvested a seven-year-old deer out of that basin, he's gone. It's going to take a couple of years to replace him, probably. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you can get really familiar with with certain basins, and maybe one year that they'll be like your number one buck will be in that basin, and you've hunted it before, yeah. and you kind of know what the deer do. But yeah, just being familiar makes a big difference. You know, you can go into areas that you're really familiar with, and right. Deer, the mule deer are pretty, they're, they're predictable, but they can be kind of unpredictable at the same time. Like, you know, they're here and they're going to feed here, but how they get there seems to vary quite a bit for some reason. <laughs> it's tough to even predict what trail they're going to go on a lot of the time. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just getting familiar with it and then learning of certain bucks habits is important too. Yeah. Even though they, they do change, you know, this year I learned... A lot this year, not really from my own experience, but from some people that I've talked to and some particular bucks were doing some things that were kind of, you know, they were moving a lot further than people thought they were moving. I mean, we're talking five or six miles. Yeah. And this happened, you know, kind of that transition, right in that transition period that he's talking about. So find them in velvet. But when they go hard horn, they disappear, and people have been watching them for you know three or four years, and no one has ever seen them, you know, after that opening day archery. And, That's crazy, you know. And one of them was killed, you know, way low. I mean, he was almost in his where he wintered. Yeah. And he was moving the first of September. No kidding. I think he just learned, you know, hey, I got to get out of here, and and so he got That's shot nuts. this year just by someone who kind of. You know, didn't know he was there, but hunted an area where the where the bucks were, and he stepped out. And did he get shot in velvet or hardhorned? Hardhorned. Hardhorned. Yeah, it was like September twentieth or something. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, it's uh, you know, I think it's and it's just the personality of the deer, you know. And I, ta- I was talking to another guy, and he said he'd seen the deer in the middle of like in July, and then his buddy killed it in late September and it was about three and a half miles from where it had been in the summer it just disappears and they move and it must be a learned behavior ah, it's crazy it's, yeah it's crazy how some deer do that you know others will will stay in the same base and while one, others will go five miles you know it's um I, I like what you said it's mm-hmm. if it really learn an area it, um you can maybe learn some of those habits that certain deer do 
Um, I think some guys try to spread themselves too thin, you know, trying to cover. I I I have done it myself. Um, personally, I actually try to I try to go to each peak, each mountain peak on on the unit each year that I'm hunting in Utah, and uh, it, it's great. But at the same time, I I kind of spread myself thin. It's taken me years. It's taken me until now to you know feel confident to know the area pretty well because I'm spreading myself so thin where I usually have most luck if I, if I focus on just one mountain and learn that mountain and learn the deer that are there, um, learn those habits. Um, but yeah, like I said, every once, once in a while you get a, a freak deer um, that does it kind of does his own thing. But then again, that's, mm. that's the, usually the deer that gets pretty big. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, the other thing that I think helps on those, I mean, you gotta be selective Right. hunt one deer but it sometimes takes a couple of years to figure out what they're doing but they if they're doing something wacko like that it seems like they're doing it year after year because they've learned to do that somehow to survive you know right for sure and so you can you know put in enough time and kind of move from your base location core area and broaden out a little bit maybe you can find him after you know give it a right. year or two but you've got to be really selective and really patient to do it that's why those bucks, I don't stand a chance with. <laughs> I'll, I'd hunt it for a while, and then when that 160 would step out, I'd be like, oh, all right, I'm shooting him. <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. I'd love to kill big deer, but, you know. <laughs> oh, 160 deer is a nice buck, for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like eventually maybe that standard for, my, the standard for myself will, will slowly go up, but as it is now, I just, I honestly, and I, I'm just as, I'm still just as happy killing yeah. a 160 as I was killing Destiny. I just, mm -hmm. I had the same feelings, and that's how it'll always be. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> no, do, do what makes you happy, man. That's, that's what sure. you got to do. Okay, well, Justin, we sure appreciated uh, talking to you tonight. We do have some uh, questions from one of the invasion group guys, but uh, you know, I think we've already answered this. But I think this is one of your buddies. So, oh, great. <laughs> Old, your buddy Rick asked when when is your movie's gonna come out but uh I just thought we'd add that too just to so you could razz him a little bit on here <laughs> oh Rick come on now <laughs> no I love Rick we he comes up and shoots um shoots bows with us all summer mm -hmm. um he's a good guy um but yeah like I said uh Rick I'll get that I'll get that video going um, and I actually have a few more. I actually have my, my video of my sister's antelope hunt as well. She killed an 80 inch go. I got that on video. She made an excellent 500 yard shot right to the heart. Um, I have my, my, me and my dad's bison hunt on video. I got a lot of videos coming. Um, nice. like I said, they're coming eventually. <laughs> Did you ever get your swan or goose that you shot with your bow? Did you get that one on oh, video dude. too? I, I don't even have it mounted. So I show, I, I don't know anything about swans, man. Like nothing about swans. Then I, can I tell this story? You it's bet. Go ahead. I brought it up. So go ahead. <laughs> all right. So like I said, you put a bow in my hand. I'm pretty confident. All right. <laughs> so I drew swan. I borrowed some decoys from my buddy and um, started heading. I headed out there to an area that you can, you can use your, use archery equipment. And it's not a long story because I literally was walking on the dike, walking out there. I had passed a guy that was set up on, just off the dike, 
had been sitting there all day and he t I talked to him he said oh yeah the swans they're not flying very very well I haven't seen much, many today so I go walking about a half mile and all of a sudden I hear something it sounds like swans I'm thinking oh my goodness so I, I get down and I can hear them they're coming up right over the right over the dike that that, that I'm on and they come up over their over the reeds or whatever they were and they were 15 yards in the air and so I'm sitting there and I pull back. And so I don't have it. I, I don't have it on video. Cause I mean, it literally happened. I'm walking with the decoys on my back, drop them. They come up over and it was just playing. If it would have been like a playing sideways shot, there's no, there's no way, but yeah, it was just 15, 20 yards with their landing gear. I mean, he wasn't flying very fast, just right overhead. And I aimed right for his head and it hit him right in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> so um awesome. it, it, i don't know i didn't care how big it was it was you know it still had like a lot of black on it so i apparently it's a i don't even know what you call young swan a juvenile whatever they're called an ugly duckling <laughs> yeah duckling whatever yeah, i shot a little duckling <laughs> so uh i was and i didn't care i was going to mount it but man a broadhead i just figured i don't know how tax service would have fixed that up uh, right through his chest just a giant broadhead hole so mm -hmm. Did you shoot him with a mechanical? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was shooting mechanical. I was shooting the um, G5 T3s. Oh, yeah, yeah. So That's crazy. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was crazy. That's that's <laughs> the extent of my of my bird hunting. <laughs> I think we should rename you and just say Justin Lucky Finch. Yeah, how, how about that? Hey, I told you from I told you from the <laughs> beginning, man. I'll take luck as any I'll probably be lucky than good any day. I've always said that. <laughs> well, I think it's the persistence and how much time you spend out there has a great big, a uh, great deal to do it, do with it as well. Oh yeah, so. no, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a phrase I, I always like to use, and it's there's no such thing as luck. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So, you know, as long as you're prepared for the moment, that moment will happen. Put yourself in in the right spot for it to happen. So, right. no, that's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So if guys want to find you who don't know who you are and want to follow you, what's the best way to do that? Um, so yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's under Finch outdoors. Um, just on Facebook, Justin Finch. I have a page on Facebook Finch outdoors, but honestly, I don't use it. Right. <laughs> so just find me at just, just Justin Finch. And then on YouTube, um, it's Justin Finch hunting or Finch outdoors. Just type that in and it'll pull up a bunch of videos. So that's the best way right now. Awesome. I mean, if, if you're into videos, hunting videos, YouTube stuff, like Justin's one you want to follow, uh, hit him up on Instagram. I've been following him for a few years and always enjoy all of his content. So we appreciate you being on today, buddy, and uh, best of luck in 2017. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. So I'd like to thank Justin for sitting down and talking to us. It was a very interesting talk. He's a lot of fun. I can tell he has a lot of fun hunting and shared some great information with us. Every time we have a guest on our podcast, we'll post and ask for questions either on our Instagram page or on the Altitude Invasion group on Facebook. So if you're not following along there and you're on Facebook, come over and join up and we'll post up uh, just a little update of who we're gonna, who our next guest is going to be and we'll take your questions. Guys, please follow along with us, and we'll look forward to the next Hunt the High Country podcast. Thanks, guys.